Hey monkeys, just wanted to do a quick jump in here. On this particular recording, I did do it in the mobile studio, which I talk about. However, in the editing and in going through and trying some new things, I did a noise reduction, which is part of a process, and I think it worked pretty well. It seemed to filter out most of the road noise. However, sometimes there are some maybe some pauses so the flow may not sound 100%. So anyway, I thought that it sounded pretty good. So on with the show. Hey, my monkeys, what's going on? Today is Saturday. It's the 11th of July, 2020. I'm in the mobile studio, as you guys may hear. It's too hot to turn off the AC, and there's a little bit of road noise, but I think it'll be all right. Contact info. Area, uh, voicemail is area code 206-745-2731. Email address to send in audio or email stuff, comments, feedback, all that kind of jazz is thearmedape at gmail.com. All one word, thearmedape at gmail.com. Website is thearmedape.com where you'll find buttons to click if you want to check out my YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter stuff. I don't do a whole lot with uh, with Facebook and Twitter and, and Instagram. I, I'm trying to do a little bit more with Instagram. doesn't necessarily have to do with stuff for the shows. It can just be kind of just kind of a catch-all thing. The Facebook page I pretty much is, is reserved for uh, putting out show announcements just when I, a show is dropped, that type of thing. And if you do like the show and you'd ever consider supporting it financially – there is a PayPal donation button. You can click on that and uh, give me all of your unwanted money that you don't have any use for. All right, let's jump in with a couple of movies that we're going to talk about today. The first is Extraction, starring Chris Hemsworth, and the second one is Rambo, and I think it's Rambo Last Blood is the secondary title. Uh, these are both action movies. They came out relatively recently. I think I watched Rambo Last Blood on Amazon Prime. I think that's where I watched it. And Extraction was a Netflix, uh, what do you call it, original type thing or exclusive type deal. These movies, like I said, they're both action movies. Um, normally, when I do a movie review, what I like to do is I'll talk up until about the first act, because usually you don't get too many spoilers or plot twists or anything like that. And then I'll play some outro music and say, when I come back, we're going to go ahead and talk spoilers. So with these two movies, I don't know that I'm going to sort of follow that formula because I, uh, I may jump back and forth in between them. I don't know. Uh, this is just going to be kind of a free flow thing. I don't really have any thing planned out or anything like that as far as an outline on how I wanted to do stuff. So I think what I'll do is I'll go ahead and just give sort of a spoiler warning here. Now, having said that, with these type of movies, you sort of know how they're going to play out. A lot of times you know how they're going to play out about in the first five minutes. So generally in these type of movies, You'll have the uh, you'll have the hero is generally going to survive, and they'll vanquish all the bad guys, or they'll they'll meet whatever goal that they were set up to meet, 
in the movie. And with these, you, you kind of get that in both of these movies. And you, in a way, things kind of are a little bit maybe different than you would expect. So let's jump in with the movie Extraction, and we'll talk about this first. And again, this stars Chris Hemsworth, who you would know as Thor from the Marvel movies. I, I like him as an actor. I think he can do, he has a, a, a good skill set and he has a broad range. He can do over-the-top bombastic stuff. He can do very quiet things. He can do, you know, sadness, despair. He can do anger. He can do comedy. So I think, you know, he's, he's a pretty talented guy. And I think he makes what would be kind of a run-of-the-mill action movie. I think he brings a lot to it. So let's talk about kind of, what would we call it? A summary of the movie or a plot synopsis. Hemsworth is a former military guy. I, and I can't remember his, his last name. I think it was in the, in the movie. I think it was Tanner or something like that. Anyway, I'll just call him Hemsworth or, or something to keep, to keep uh, that way if I get the name wrong and somebody's listening to this, it won't drive you crazy. So his, he is a, his character is a mercenary. Like I said, he was former military. He's a mercenary. He works for this group. Uh, the movie was made, uh, I think, in maybe in India or made with a lot of Indian backing. The story is, is you have these guys that are uh, drug lords and they're rival drug lords, and one of them is in jail. And then, so we'll, we'll call him jail drug lord. And the other guy is sort of his rival. So what the rival drug lord is, he kidnaps the jail drug lord's son. And they're going to hire Hemsworth to basically go in and extract the kid. You know, he's going to, and what they're going to do is they're going to have it be a thing like where he's going to maybe uh, make a, under the guise of doing a, a paying the ransom type thing. The jail drug lord has a guy who's like a second-in-command guy who's running stuff while he is out. The second-in-command guy has to go into the jail and tell them the bad news of, hey, your son's been kidnapped. And that guy's like, hey, you were in charge. You know, you're in charge of his safety. You know, it's basically your fault that this happened. You get him back, and if you don't, I'll kill your family because this guy has a wife and and a son of his own. And he's like, yeah, I get it. I understand and the guy's like, don't think I can't get that done from inside this jail cell, because I can. It turns out that this guy who is the second, sort of the second in command or who's running stuff while the, the, the one dude is in jail, is he's a special forces guy himself. He's sort of an elite soldier. And they have, well, like I said, I don't, I don't know how far down into the rabbit hole as far as with details and stuff I want to get into because I was originally kind of the thought in my head was just sort of talking about the thing in general. So I guess we'll do that because I'm, I'm getting a little bit too specific. So basically they're going to, uh, the second in command guy is going to hire the people that Chris Hemsworth, that Hemsworth works for. And they're going to say, hey, this is your mission. Go in and extract this guy and, and get him out. 
the problem is the amount of money that the other drug lord wants is more than they that they have so what he tells them is you know you send your guy in get him out and then i'll pay you x amount of money and what his plan is is basically to use them sort of as a distraction and then he'll just come and take the son away from hemsworth or from whoever and that way he doesn't have to pay anything and he gets the kid back and if he's you know if he kills everybody else you know so what no big deal from this point on, what we see is that Hemsworth, he's lost his, his son, and I think his kid had, I can't remember if his kid had, I think his kid had cancer, and then I think that once his son dies, he and his wife split up because he's alone. Now, he's not one of these total loner guys because he does have some buddies that he hangs around with, and we see them uh, in the in the first few minutes of the movie what we also see is that he sort of has he's very withdrawn he's kind of introverted into himself and through other characters we see that they're they're saying stuff like oh you've got this death wish you've got uh you know you're just waiting for that final bullet to take you put you out of your misery type thing so kind of what happens after you know after the initial setup and what's going to happen is they are not going to send in a team of guys. What they're going to do is just send in one guy. Uh, and we see that he, uh, the team that he has is very professional, very competent, but he's going to go in by himself because they think it's going to be easier for one person to go in and do it. After that, the movie turns into sort of big action set pieces. Uh, and there are... And this is where we'll kind of diverge and, and we'll sort of step outside of the plot of the movie or the synopsis of the movie. When the movie first opens, we see that he is on a bridge and he's bringing the kid out and he's having to fight his way. He is all sorts of messed up. And he, you get the sense that he's probably not going to make it because of how wounded he is. So you sort of know in the first few minutes that probably things are not going to go too well for him because of how, how bad he's messed up. One thing I will say about the action in the movie, the action scenes, you know, of course they border on over the top. Now you got to remember Hemsworth is this, he is this big, huge, strong guy and he is going up against some other guys that while they are still, you know, grown men and stuff, they are, they're not to the, sort of the level of training that he has and probably sort of the, the level of ferocity that he has and the, the brutality that he's going to use. They do take some stuff a little bit, you know, you, can, you definitely see the influence of, of the John Wick movies and how it's kind of like uh, gun foo or gun ballet type thing. So there is a little bit of that. But they do, I will say that they do take the time to and the effort to show reload, show proper gun handling. Some of the stuff they do, you know, because it's going to look good as an action scene, that type of deal. But I like the fact that the the son of the of the drug lord is kind of a younger boy. He's maybe, I don't know, 14 years old. Of course, his, you know, his father and all the other people around him are all these 
super dominant alpha males. And you can tell that this guy, at least at this point in his life, he's just like a sweet kid. He's a nice guy. He understands that his, that his father hurts people and kills people. And he kind of, he's, he doesn't really like that. He's not okay with that. Uh, but a part of him, I think, understands, oh, this is how, you know, this is how we, um, this is how we make a living. All right, I'm going to take a quick break here. And as the movie goes on, and as Hemsworth is is with the boy at first, he basically is just an asset. He's a package, you know, type thing that he's got to take care of. But as time goes on, he sort of builds a relationship with the kid, and I kind of I like that, you know. And the kid, the kid is a smart kid. You know, there's he has some insights I think that maybe are a little beyond his years. Uh, but again, that's sort of a that's sort of a, uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a pretext or something of the, of the movie. It's, uh, oh, there's a word I'm looking for and it's escaping me right now. That's a conceit of the movie. Maybe that's it. I don't, I don't think that's the, that might be the word. I don't know. Anyway, it's one of those things basically where you just say, ah, okay. You know, you sort of accept it. You sort of suspend disbelief a little bit with that stuff as you've done with other things in the movie. There, what I like about this movie is there are several uh, fight scenes where he's actually getting kind of pummeled and beat up. And, and what I wanted to talk about, too, is earlier I had kind of mentioned that, you know, there, there is a lot of times in movies when they have people fight, there's really, there's not too many consequences to the fight or there is, you know, a guy who is, six foot four and weighs 250 pounds has trouble fighting a guy who's five foot four and weighs 120 pounds. Generally size does, does have advantage. And what I like is in this movie, there was, there was some scenes where Hemsworth is fighting some guys and he is just so much bigger. And, and in the movie, it makes sense that he would that he would just dominate those guys, and he does. And there's another scene where he's fighting. Uh, some kids are trying to attack him. They're kind of, you would almost think of them as like child soldiers because they're coming after him with guns and, you know, and knives and clubs and stuff. And he basically is just swatting them like flies. And the only, and, and he, because they are kids, he doesn't just kill them outright which he could easily do. But in a couple of them, he, he smashes the crap out of them. I mean, he fucks these guys up, these kids up. Like one of them, I think he break, probably breaks an arm or something like that. But he, you can tell he's generally holding back. And even in holding back, he's just whacking the crap out of them. And then, and, and, there's an, and so anyway, there's other scenes in the movie where he's, he's gotten beaten up and he is... Uh, he's actually, you know, hurt. And a lot of times in movies, and this is one of my pet peeves with movies, is they'll have a character that gets hurt pretty bad. And for that scene, they're hurt. But then later in the movie, they're normal. 
it's like that that stuff never happened it was like oh you got a paper cut when they got you know stabbed in the throat or something like that and it's like ah, okay they're fine now what happens in the movie remember earlier i talked about that the drug lord the jail drug lord his second in command guy is, is basically going to double cross hemsworth and his crew and so he is going up and he is trying to get to the sun also in another kind of the other sort of subplot in the in the movie is that you have the free drug lord we'll call him he is has so much power and influence and money that he basically has the police in his pocket so the police are you know they're all corrupt all this other stuff and in the movie you have a little bit of oh uh Nobody is sort of a total black hat. Nobody is sort of a total white hat, meaning there's, there's some am- ambiguity because you have Hemsworth fighting. And when the cops are coming up now, the, granted, they're trying to shoot and kill him, but he, you don't know, are all these cops all bad or this or that, but he kills some of them. And you could say, oh, it's in self-defense and all this other stuff, but, but he's doing some stuff that's kind of, you know, morally ambiguous. So getting back to the, the uh, the second in command guy, so he is basically by following the carnage and all this stuff. He is going up, and at first he is fighting Hemsworth to to um, to get the boy back, and Hemsworth kind of doesn't know it. I don't know who this guy is. I can't trust him. You gotta just stick with me if you want to live, type thing. And he's saying, and he kind of thinks, oh, no, maybe they're trying to kill you or maybe this guy's been paid off or, you know, who knows what's going to happen. And so Hemsworth, and also it's, it's a thing, too, of Hemsworth is like, well, because he doesn't know who this guy is. This is just some fighter guy. And even though Boy is telling him, hey, that, that's, my, that's my guy. I know this guy. He'll protect me. Hemsworth is like, no. And part of it is because he needs the money. You know, he's like, well, my job is to get to such and such and then get the money and if I and if I don't deliver you to this thing then we don't get the money uh, so they have some pretty so uh, Hemsworth and we'll call him second in command have some pretty good fight scenes and what they end up doing uh, is eventually they end up kind of coming uh, to work together the guy what what I like about it is the guy's a pretty good sized guy He's not as big as Hemsworth, but he is competent, and we're told through the thing of, we're, we're told a couple of ways. We're told one, and we're shown one. So we're told, you know, this guy is a, was a special forces guy. He's an elite guy. He's basically like you. You know, he's top of the food chain type dude. And then we're also shown him, he is, he's extremely competent, the same as Hemsworth is. So this guy isn't, you know, a typical kind of bad, you know, you don't really see him as a bad guy. You see him as a guy kind of like Hemsworth, who's just sort of doing what he needs to do, you know, to kind of to get the job done. And in his case, it's to save his, his family. And so the, the, the fights where they're fighting, what I like is that, what I like is when the, um, so there's a guy right behind me. So I had to, I had to switch over into a lane. I've got enough room to get over. I go to do my signal and go over. He immediately speeds up. 
So I have to speed up to do it. And then the guy, so we're in three lanes. Then the guy goes into the other lane, into the, to the far left lane, and then turns off. So he had no reason to speed up. To People are such assholes. Anyway, kind of getting back to the movie. There's a scene, too. So where these guys are fighting, they're actually, they're sustaining injuries and they're getting hurt. And you see that they're, you know, they've got facial swellings and cuts. Hemsworth, his arm is kind of messed up. Like you can tell he's, uh, and, uh, and so at times of rest, he's got it bandaged or he's got it in a sling. He's trying to, you know, to not necessarily baby it, but he's trying to, you know, give it some rest. And then when he has to fight, what you can tell is, and you, you see it in both of these guys, that when they have to fight, that they sort of are able to turn off the physical pain and push through it, kind of on just a kind of on adrenaline and and uh, mental fortitude type stuff. Hey, I'm getting close to my destination. I'm going to take another quick break here, and then we'll jump back and talk on the way back. Once I drop the slide off, we'll uh, we'll finish up with this and then we'll talk a little bit about Rambo and then we'll talk about some similarities. All right, I am back and I dropped the slide off. I met the guy who runs the thing which is um, Southwest Precision Arms. And what I may do is uh, the slide it's about a three or four week backlog with getting the cut and everything. Uh, and if I like the quality of work, and now I have seen, some of you guys say, well, how do you know, what, why did you choose this guy? I was in looking at, oh, something in a gun store. Maybe I don't, maybe I was picking something up. I don't, I don't remember what I was doing. But anyway, I got to talking to the guy and I noticed one of the guys that was working there, I noticed he had a VP9 and I said, oh, hey, man, I really like those. Oh, I think I was in there looking at the, um, the smaller VP9, the VP9 SK. I think that's what they call the small one. Anyway, I still have yet to shoot one. I need to go out and rent one one of these days. Anyway, I got talking to the guy and I'm like, where did you get that done? And he said, oh, it was over here. So I, I you know, the work was done and he had had his, the top of his slide Cerakoted green and it looked really good, so I may do a uh, interview with that guy and, and do that uh, over for uh, Firearms Cafe. So anyway, a little bit of an aside and a little bit of behind-the-scenes stuff. So let's get back into talking about extraction. And I want to kind of, and I can't exactly remember where I left off, so I'm going to sort of maybe circle back around to something I was talking about a little bit before, which was... I guess we'd call it maybe disparity of force or disparity of size. And Hemsworth is such a big, strong guy. And I was talking about that, you know, those guys had, had been hurt. It's another one of my pet peeves too. And I know, I know why they do it in the movies. But a lot of times you have in the movies, you have a guy who's like, you know, let's say six feet tall, weighs 175, 180 pounds and is, you know, pretty fit. And then you have a, a woman who's like five foot five and weighs maybe 110, 115 pounds. And she's able to sort of punch him and trade punches with this guy, you know, punch for punch. And that's, 
it's funny when you when you say, well, that's not how stuff works. You know, that guy would destroy her, whether she sort of knows how to fight or not. Now, you could say, oh, what about some of these UFC women? And you would say, well, those really aren't the average woman. And then if you put even an, a, a woman of that kind of size and strength up against a man who, and, and, and for this example, we'll, we'll make them equal. So let's say you've got like a, a UFC female fighter and then you're going to put her up against somebody like... Um, a Nick or a Nate Diaz, or you're going to put her up against somebody like a John Jones or a Conor McGregor, they don't, they just don't have a chance because they just don't have the upper body strength. They don't have the strength to, to overcome that guy. And especially these guys know what they're doing. So they know how to get out of holes. They know how to, you know, so, but I mean, I, I forget what the study was, but the average man, the average male, and so this isn't like a, you know, an in-shape guy, but just the average male, because we've had testosterone coursing through our, our veins for, for so long that the average male's grip strength is something like, I don't know, three or four times that of the average female. And the average, the average male, when compared against the average female, the disparity in the upper body strength is is crazy um overall upper body strength and that's not to say that there's not strong women out there there are but again if we're looking at just the average like that an average fit person uh, an average fit man so let's say the average guy that can do 15 pull-ups versus the average lady who can do let's say she can even do 10 pull-ups still that guy is going to be so much stronger so anyway my whole point of that is and i talked about before is that uh hemsworth in there when he's fighting these guys he is not invincible he is not sort of all powerful and there is a scene um if you guys have seen stranger things the guy david harbour who plays the the sheriff he's a big dude now he is not, I don't, I think he's probably around maybe six feet, six one, something like that. And he's kind of, he's kind of got more like the dad bod type thing, but he's still, you know, a big, strong guy. And he is in, he's in the movie Extraction and he plays a former military guy. And he's also sort of a former, he's, he's a mercenary type guy too. And... This would be a little bit of a, this is a little bit of a spoiler. So if you don't want to hear this, maybe jump forward a, a minute or so. So anyway, so get ready. So anyway, that at one point, there is a reason that these guys are going to fight. They're at David Harbour's house and they're using it kind of as a safe house and kind of as a little bit of time for Hemsworth to sort of breathe and recover from some of his injuries. And normally you would say, oh, you know, Hemsworth and him would be, you know, probably in, in the real world, we'd say, would probably be a little, a little evenly, you know, pretty much evenly matched, maybe a little bit of the advantage going to Hemsworth just because in his, his character is, uh, his character is maybe a little bit better shape and is a little, and is still in the game a little bit more. 
But again, much like the, the second in command dude, Harbor, he he's not he's no slouch. He can, you know, he can fight, he's strong, he's he had a lifetime of, of fighting, things like that. So a lifetime of training. So he and Hemsworth get in a fight, and you what I really liked about this scene and, and what the movie did is they made his injuries count for something for Hemsworth. He's just been too beat down. He cannot, there's no way he's going to prevail over Harbor. Now, again, it doesn't mean he just rolls over on his belly. He tries to fight back and he does his best, but Harbor gets the best of him. And I, I guess from here, I won't necessarily spoil the, the outcome, but he, the point of it isn't necessarily what actually happens at the very end, but the point of it is, is that I liked that they made his injuries count for something. And he's not this superhuman guy. Yeah, like I talked about a little earlier, he can sort of switch stuff off and then kind of go on adrenaline and sort of fight through the pain and do what he needs to do. But that's only going to take you so far, especially against a fresh opponent. And you see this stuff in the, in the real world when you see these guys, um, the MMA guys, when they are training, what they'll do is they'll have a sparring partner with these guys, guys that will roll with them or, you know, spar with them. And they'll come in and you'll have four or five guys and they're fresh. They'll start off and then he doesn't ever get really a break. It's just like boom, boom, boom to build up adrenaline, not adrenaline, to build up endurance, excuse me. But eventually, you know, he just runs out of gas. No matter who you are, you just, you can't go on forever. So I really like that uh, with in, in, in that regard to the movie. And like I said, there are some things where you're kind of like, well... You sort of have to suspend disbelief. Even even with this stuff, even with the injuries, you're kind of like, well, if this guy was this messed up, man, he he wouldn't be getting up at all. Because again, there's only so much. There's only so far you can push push the body. So I guess without really getting into the end end of the movie, we won't do any spoilers with it. I would recommend it. I like the movie. There are some parts where you're kind of like, eh. There are some things that they do. They're kind of movie conceits, but I liked it. I would recommend it if it's on. It's on Netflix. If you have Netflix, go ahead and give it a watch. And if you do, or if you've watched it in the past, let me know what did you think of it. Uh, even if you just call in for two seconds, and say, "Yeah, hey, I liked it," or just call in to say hello. I'd love for you guys to call in. You know what I'm thinking about doing. And I, again, I don't know how many people are still downloading. I think we're maybe, there's probably maybe around 400 of you guys that are still downloading. I think when I look at the numbers, it's probably actually a little bit lower than that now. But I would love for some of you guys just to call in, say hello, give me some recommendations on some stuff you'd like for me to review, or if you want to do a, your own review on you know something else. You know, I don't care about length or anything like that. If it does have spoilers, I may chop stuff up so that, you know, your review is not a spoiler review and I can do spoiler warnings and put, you know, things around. So anyway, um, let's jump in and let's talk about, let's talk about Rambo, which I believe is, again, Last Blood. So in Rambo Last Blood, what we have is an older John Rambo. Now the actor, Stallone, is in his 70s. I don't know how old Rambo is supposed to be. Again, he's supposed to be a Vietnam vet, so maybe the youngest you could say that Rambo would be would would be in his 
you know, maybe mid to late 60s. I don't, you know, again, I don't know. I don't know how old the character is supposed to be. And it's funny, a lot of times with these movies, the age is kind of fluid a little bit, you know. Like, so they'll say, oh, you know, he's 60 years old, but he's still tough as nails. And, and the, you know, the actor, he's like, you know, 70-something. But anyway, for being 70-something, he looks good now. That's, again, with the caveat, that dude is juiced out of his brain, and I'm sure he's on some type of uh, human, what is it, uh, HGH, human growth hormone, something like that. And, or I'm sure for at, at the very least, at the very least, he is on testosterone replacement, but he's also, I'm sure, on some type of steroids. That's why his face looks so kind of so puffy, and he kind of seems a little, you know, bloated. But he's still, you know, he's a big, he's still a big, strong guy now. I knew a dude who was on that HGH stuff for a little bit and he was an older guy and he was telling me, Hey, it does make a difference. You, you know, you kind of things, the aches and pains and stuff kind of heals up a little bit. So there is something to that, I guess, but he was getting <laughs> like, like black market stuff. And then he got kind of a little, he saw some good results and then he kind of got a little skittish because he was like, well, I don't really know what I'm getting here. I, I think I can trust this guy, but I don't know. I don't know where he's getting his shit. So Anyway, let's kind of go back into the movie. The story is we, we see um, an older Rambo. He's back, I guess, supposedly on his dad's ranch, which is somewhere out in Arizona near the border, near the Mexico border. And I think he's got some horses and stuff, but he's, and he's just minding his business. He's got a housekeeper that lives with him. And I think it's her niece or something like that. But basically what's happened is, is that I think she's probably lived, she's probably lived with the, with the family for so long that she calls him, the, the niece calls him Uncle John. She's, I think she's probably supposed to be in her maybe 20s. I can't remember. I don't think she's supposed to be a teen, like a teenager. If she is, she's maybe 19, 20, something like that. So she's relatively young, but he has over the years latched onto her and I think we're supposed to in the movie believe that he's been out at this ranch for a long time so it's almost to the point to where yeah that lady uh, and she's Hispanic the lady that works for him but they're basically like family like that lady is more like his sister almost like he sees her as kind of like a sister or a, a very close cousin that type of thing and he sees the girl you could say as a niece she calls him uncle john but the reality is emotion from an emotional standpoint he sees that that girl kind of as his child i think i can't remember for what reason but for some reason she goes across the border to visit like a friend and I, like I said it, it's spotty why she goes over but he lets her have a, and a bunch of friends over and they have this big party and he has over the time he sort of dug all these tunnels and all these things kind of you know all these like uh, like bunkers and stuff that are underground and he um, which is which is kind of odd I mean in one way you could see that maybe that helps him try and deal with his his uh, PTSD and all the violence and all the stuff that he's gone through in his life. Uh, but anyway, she goes down into to Mexico for whatever reason, and she is, I think, oh, I think she goes down to meet 
to try and meet up with her father. And she meets her father, who he hasn't, the father she hasn't seen since she was maybe a baby. or So she comes to the door. She tracks him down, comes to the door. And he's like, hey. He was like, oh, who are you? And she's like, oh, it's me, daddy. And and you expect there to be this, you know, this touching reunion of like, oh, you know, I, you know, I had to give you up, but I really, I always, you know, I'm so glad to see you. I want to do stuff. But he's like, hey, I didn't fucking want you then. I don't want you now. You know, get get out of here. You know, hit the bricks, dummy. And so she goes back to her, I think it's like a distant cousin or something like that, who is kind of deep in sort of the gang life, kind of like a fringe cartel member or she's part of maybe a little bit of the criminal underworld or had ties to it maybe through some of the guys that she knows so anyway the girl the niece is all upset she goes back kind of cries to her cousin her cousin's like well hey let's go out let's get drunk and let's party and let's kind of forget the stuff the cousin then basically betrays the niece sells her into a sex trafficking ring and then what happens is I can't remember how Rambo finds out about it, but he basically goes down there and is and, and contacts the niece. And this is where the movie sort of takes a turn and kind of goes into like hyper-violent mode. And he's talking to the niece. And she, at first, she's like, oh, I don't know. And he's like, no, you tell me what happened to her you know, to my niece. And she, and then she starts to cop an attitude of like, man, fuck you, man. I got blah, blah, blah. And then he, again, what I, what I like about this scene is he, you know, he's, of course he's got his, you know, big giant Rambo knife and he takes the thing out and he slams it into the table. And he's like, you're going to tell me who these people are. And then you're going to take me to them. And if you don't, I'm going to hurt you really bad and you believe him and like I said I liked this part how he delivers that you know he's not fucking around anymore and she sees that and I like and I like the exchange between them sort of as as actors or characters because you see in her face and you see in her eyes like oh this dude is a straight-up killer and he's gonna carve me into little bits and I'm gonna end up telling him so she's just like all right I'll take you where it is. And then he's like, you're going to point me out to the guys who took them and all this other stuff. And she ends up doing that. He follows the, this one guy, basically tortures him until that guy tells him, you know, is going to take them in. He kind of goes in deep into it. And it's almost like the, uh, the like a slums. Like, you know how in, in, uh, in Brazil they have like those big slums where there's just buildings built on top of each other. And that's kind of where he goes into... Uh, but it's just down in Mexico. And they, he goes up and he's like, oh, I want this girl. And they're like, they're going to, they beat the shit out of him because there's so many of them. And then they were going to kill him. But then the one guy says, no, we're not going to, there's two brothers that run stuff that are doing kind of like a drug thing and a sex trafficking thing. And the one brother who's maybe, it seems to be a little bit more in charge right now is saying, you know what we're going to do? She was just going to be some normal, you know, person that we turn into a prostitute. But now what we're going to do is we, because you came here and because we know, you know, that she means something to you and we know that you're powerless as they, that's what they think. 
that you're powerless, you know, to do anything. We're going to make her life. She's going to get treated the worst. She was just going to, before she was just going to get treated just normal. But now we're going to make sure that, you know, she gets the treated the worst. And then after we're all done with her, instead of just letting her go, we'll kill her. You know, after, you know, months or years of having her be abused and all this other stuff. And what they're doing, too, is they're also injecting her with drugs and all this other stuff. So anyway, they beat the crap out of him. He gets, um, there's this female reporter that is kind of watching him when he goes to this bar and kind of follows him. And they leave him in the street. And basically, she picks him up, kind of patches him up, gets him across the border. The... What I'm going to talk about now will be a little bit of a spoiler. So again, if you don't if you don't want to hear this next part, jump forward about a minute or so. I'm not going to bother to put music in or anything like that, but just jump forward a little bit. So he, of course, you know, he kind of recovers from his licks his wounds a little bit. And normally in a movie like this, you would you would uh, the timeline would be such as to where. She's not going to get abused, but they, she gets abused. She gets shot up with drugs. She gets, you know, forced into prostitution, all this stuff. So, but, and again, that's a part I liked about it because it, it's a thing of, well, that, this probably would have, if, if this person gets captured like that and gets trafficked, they're not going to have her just sit around in a room for six months. They're going to shoot her up and then, you know, she's going to be practically comatose and then guys are going to come in and just use her. So she's she's basically being, you know, used and tortured and all this other stuff. He within, a, I think, a couple of two or three days, I think he's kind of the at the reporter's house just recovering from his wounds just so he can get up. It's like three, maybe four days before he's even coming to because um, they beat him so badly. So he goes back across the border and... I think he goes back across the border and gets, you know, gets some knives and some stuff. He comes back and then instead of just going directly confronting, he goes back in and starts doing stuff Rambo style where he's just, you know, just killing people right and left. Uh, no mercy, no nothing. He eventually gets his, gets his, uh, his niece slash daughter, brings her back. And again, this will be the spoiler part. As he brings her back, she's just suffered too much abuse, and she dies. And so then, of course, this is an, another kind of turning point for him to where he's like, you know, fuck this. Everybody's going to die. And I think they know, like, when they initially gave the beating, they took his his driver's license off of him, so they know where he lives, so... He comes back, he buries his daughter. The brothers are then going to have, they're going to come in after him. So they bring in, I don't know, 20, 30 guys with him. And of course he, it, it turns into a typical kind of, you know, Rambo movie where he's got the Rambo movie slash Home Alone where he's got all these traps and he does all this stuff. And eventually, you know, he's sort of, at the end, he's victorious, but, and again, this will be another little bit of a spoiler, he's, he's taken some, a couple of bullets and stuff, and so, and he's just sitting out on his porch watching the, either the sunset or the sunrise, I can't remember which, I think it's the sunrise, and you don't, I took the ending of it to, to be, if I'm remembering it correctly, because I saw it a while back, 
I took the ending of it to be more a thing of he basically is just going to kind of bleed out. Like he's done. If, if he kind of bleeds out or just, you know, sort of passes out and goes to sleep in the chair, so to speak, and then just bleeds out and dies, like he's fine with that. And it's sort of the same thing if we go and look at the end of Extraction. You, you know kind of from the jump that Hemsworth's character in the first opening of the movie, he's going across this bridge in a, in a gunfight, in a firefight, and he is all sorts of fucked up. And you kind of can tell, oh, this guy's not going to make it. And so at the end of that movie, you kind of, it's wrapped back around to that scene, and you're like, yeah, he's not, he's not looking too good. And you see that he doesn't make it. Uh, so, but he, at the end of, at the end of, uh, man, I'm driving by Ikea. It's crazy crowded there. Anyway, at the end of um, Extraction, he sort of does get some redemption at the end of uh, Rambo, Last Blood. He sort of gets some redemption with Extraction, the way that they ended it. It's, it's clear that he's dead. With Rambo, the way that they ended it, it's not. So he could probably make another movie if he wanted to. In theory, I suppose you could make another extraction movie. You could, you know, somebody pulls him out of the river or whatever that he falls into, but uh, it would kind of ruin that. And I don't think that, I, I don't know that Hemsworth would do it because sort of where do you go from there, that type of thing. So anyway, I, I would recommend both those movies. Of the two, which one do I think is that I think that is a little better, uh, I'd probably say I like ex I like Extraction a little better as, as its own kind of standalone movie. The Rambo movie does have a, excuse me, yawning a little bit there. Uh, the Rambo movie does have a little bit of that kind of, that long running series. So you've, you know, you've been with the character for, for years and years. In fact, I think I was in, was I in high school? I think I was in high school when Rambo came out. I don't remember when or what year I was in high school when it came out. I, th I think it was maybe my, I don't remember. Anyway, because I don't remember the year when the very first one came out. Uh, I may have even been in junior high. I don't know. So anyway, I did like both of them. Again, with parts of them, they are kind of, you got to sort of turn your brain off a little bit. With the Rambo thing, he comes off more superhero-ish, if that makes sense, as opposed to the Hemsworth character where there are a few moments of where he sort of, you think, ah, you know, I, I don't think a regular human would be able to stand up to that stuff. The villains in both were a little bit kind of uh, caricatures, of, of the villains, uh, but there were some good parts with it. What I liked about, one of the things I liked about Extraction too, was that you have basically this giant, you know, Australian guy who's over in India. And of course he doesn't, he doesn't look like anybody. <laughs> he doesn't blend in at all. And so when they're trying to capture him, when they're trying to, to when the police and the bad guys are trying to get to him, they are, uh, he's an e he sticks out. He's an easy target to track and everything like that. And that, 
Number one, just because, you know, he's a white guy over there. But number two, because he's a giant, you know, Viking looking dude. So, and that was what another thing that was kind of neat about when the second hand man in extraction finally gets a hold of the boy and he's trying to get him out and trying to get him back. This is after he and I think Hemsworth have teamed up a little bit. Of course, that guy blends in. You know, he speaks the language. He does all, you know, so... Anyway, I think that's about all I've got to say on that stuff. Let me know what you guys think. I'd love to hear uh, from you guys. If you've seen those movies, what did you think? What do you think were some maybe some good things, some flaws? Uh, go ahead, call it in, even if it's just a 30-second review of it or whatever you want to do. Or if you've got a longer review, if you want to do an email or, or give your thoughts on it. Don't worry too much about the spoiler stuff because I can kind of move that stuff around a little bit if I need to or if I think it's necessary. So, all right, I think that will do it. Let me give you the contact info, and I'm going to try and get this stuff edited and out today. So let me give you that contact info. Area, uh, blah, 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 blah. The voicemail is area code 206-745-2731. The email address is thearmedape at gmail.com. All one word, thearmedape at gmail.com. All right, my monkeys, I will talk to you guys next time. <laughs>